welcome to Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to learn from fellow business owners how to decrease the chaos and increase their sense of fulfillment while becoming more profitable. I'm your host, Tracy Trepesky. I'm an executive coach and consultant and mindset mastery expert. I'm also mom to two amazing teenagers and a menagerie of adopted furry family members. In each episode, we explore challenges, opportunities, and actionable tips to help you move your business forward while staying true to your vision. You'll hear from me and my guests how we've tackled some of the pitfalls and unexpected surprises that entrepreneurship delivers. We're the real deal, and we're here to inspire and encourage you. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today for a new episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast where entrepreneurs just like you and me share how they master their mindset to overcome obstacles to their success. In today's episode, we bring you Roshni Baronia, strategic sales expert, author, host of Ace the Sales podcast, conversion specialist, lifelong learner, and creator of A Woman's Voice, a platform promoting women's podcasts around the world. Roshni is a powerhouse, to say the least. Hearing her share her story about rebelling against societal norms to make her dreams a reality is nothing short of inspiring. She not only pushed back against the pressure to be content being the wife of a man who earns good money and being mom and homemaker, she started and grew two companies from the ground up. Roshni gave a TEDx talk rooting for women changemakers in every home, supporting women entrepreneurs in expanding their businesses and exploring their global readiness. You will not want to miss when Roshni shares how to come out of the notion of being a superwoman and into unconditional support. Her tips on setting an intention to serve, being functional instead of perfect, and using the AED, Automate, Eliminate, Delegate system, will shift how you view your use of time and energy. This episode is chock full of wisdom and immediately actionable tips. So grab a beverage or a snack and settle in to listen to Roshni and her amazing journey. Roshni, thank you so much for coming today. Hey, Tracy. Thank you for having me on your show. It's a pleasure to be here. I am so excited to get to know you and to share your story. Before we dive in, because I have a feeling we're going to have a very rich conversation, where are you in the world? I am based in India and very much in the capital city of India, that's Delhi. And it's been approximately 20 years that I have been residing in this particular city. Otherwise, I was, my hometown is someplace else, which is known for marble city of the entire country, because we have beautiful marble rocks and a river flowing from the middle of the marble uh, rocks. And yeah, it's a beautiful place. So yeah, that's where I am from. Mm, Lovely. Well, there's so much to share with our listeners. I don't even know where to start. So I might just ask you to share kind of your journey, how you got to where you are. You have a TEDx talk, which is very inspirational. And I would just, whatever part of your journey you'd like to share, I would love to hear it and share it with our listeners. Yeah. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to share my story. So I want to just take you back in time in 1995 when I was in 10th standard. And in India, we need to choose our subjects as to what we need to study forward, whether it's engineering or you want to become a doctor. Predominantly, those were the only two streams which are academically bent in India. And as an Indian community, we are very much focused on academics. So probably those were the two only options that was available for me. But I have always dreamt of being a businesswoman. So my father is a serial entrepreneur and I had a huge influence of him on me. So I was not dreaming of a Prince Charming or Mr. Darcy, but I was always dreaming of business suits and boardrooms. And I, (laughs) I wanted to be a businesswoman back then also. And I didn't know the word entrepreneur. It's it's just something which we use now uh, for business owners. Because back then, I only wanted to be a businesswoman. But but my father said, hey, you don't need to study business to become a business person. 
So you don't necessarily have to choose commerce and do an MBA and learn how to do a business as an education. And as it is, you have it in your genes. So you don't have to do that. So you go study science. People who study science are intellectuals. So at least get some brains. <laughs> so, so study that. Good advice, actually. Yeah. It's very good advice. Yeah. yeah. So I did that. I studied science and I also had a creative bent of mind. So I studied design also from one of the most premium institutes of the country. And uh, with dreamy eyes, I came out of college thinking that I will launch my business and do great in fashion and design. But Indian society, again, is more focused towards marrying girls off at a very young age. Mm. And that's what was happening in, it was at top of the mind of my family and my society and all the people close to me. So yeah, I got married really early. It was like 23 years. Yeah, I was 23 years old when I got married. So that was a big sabbatical, I would say, in my career because I hardly was able to do a stint in a job. But when I got married, and I think it is, it, this thing is universal that marriage and childbirth and when you have a baby, there, there comes a break in the career or the dreams that people have, especially if you are at a stage where you have to start something. Mm. Like if you are doing a job, then probably you can take a six months maternity leave. But uh, but when you are not doing anything, then it is definitely a big pause. Mm. And that's what happened to me. And for me, that pause for seven years. Mm. I was not working for seven years of my life after marriage. So I had my son, uh, I have one son, and I was um, all the time decorating his room. I was all the time making beautiful stuff for him because I came from a design background. Until one day, there was no space left in his room where I could decorate any other. (laughs) You were literally bursting at the seams. Yes, yeah. So that's when I felt, okay, now this needs to go beyond this one room. Let's take it to more rooms. And that's when I launched my first business in 2009, which was of personalized products for kids, where we were doing room decor, gifting products, room furnishings and a bath linen and beautiful, beautiful product. So that was my launch into entrepreneurship in 2009, which was, I really need to say this was not easy because it was so much pushing out of the comfort zone, not only for me, but also for my family, for everyone around me, my child. And everyone was saying to me, you have a comfortable life. Your husband is earning so why do you need to move out why do you want to shake things up so but that's the thing I was having this dream of becoming a businesswoman for the last 15 years now mm-hmm. and I couldn't sit on it anymore so I had to take that leap of faith I had to be the rebel and mm-hmm. go against everyone just to follow my dream and just to make sure that I am able to tap into my potential and what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So that's how pr- first I initiated from home. So it was a home-based business. Then eventually I took a place on rent and set up a small workshop and then a bigger space where I had in-house embroiders and tailors and a small manufacturing unit Eventually, then an e-commerce portal, which was Supplying Pan India and then internationally as well. Then I also got covered in a television show as Rising Entrepreneurs of the Country. I got Mm -hmm. featured in that and a couple of other areas where I got nominated. And it was also a time when there was huge rise in the communities, women communities, forums, meetup groups women entrepreneurs coming together to support each other. And that was a new thing which was starting in India. Mm -hmm. And it was very interesting for me to find people who were walking the same journey, who having the shared experiences of facing the challenge of growing a home-based business, growing a business as a solopreneur. We all were sailing the same boat. 
and i was constantly coming face to face with this question as to how is it that i can help my fellow women entrepreneurs in growing their business so after 6 years of doing my own business of e-commerce pay portal i consciously decided to move from a commercial led business to a purpose led business where i can be the catalyst in other people's growth journey so that's when it was when i exited my online business and got into consulting which was specifically to help women work with women and women led organizations to help them grow their business through sales consulting and coaching so yeah in 2016 i got into consulting and since then i've been working with startups and organizations one to one with women entrepreneurs equipping and empowering them with uh, systems strategies and skills around selling i am now also host of a podcast called ace the sales which is all about helping women embrace and fall in love with selling because we talk all about mindset strategies and i talk with a lot of small business owners coaches and consultants to deep dive into what is working for them in their business what are the sales process and strategies they are using in their business so that other people can learn from it yeah and since then as a consultant i have also been featured as top 20 women consultants of india for 2020 i got the opportunity to be a tedx speaker i am an author yeah that's my journey now and here i am serving women with whatever they need to grow their business Wow. Well, congratulations on all of that. I mean, that's so not just impressive, you know, my hat is off to you. It's impressive. And what I'm hearing you say is there's this strong cultural expectation that maybe there's the barriers are there. And then there's the barriers that we internalize and put there for ourselves. So you've got like double uphill climb. I just want to pause here and reflect on that for a moment for our listeners to hear this men and women I think need to hear this kind of story and there are barriers in place for women I think almost all over the world. <laughs> yes. And yet there's yeah and and there are societies where not only is marriage important and expected it's generally arranged. Right? It was your it sounds like you right. you met a suitor yeah. um that yes. the yes. family's agreed upon. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, and that's so, a, so yeah, in our part of the world it uh, most of the marriages are arranged marriage mm-hmm. and uh, thankfully I got a very nice suitor and that's great. He's like the anchor of my life. He's very supportive and the rock which keeps my ship move around and then whenever I want to anchor it at the right place he's there. He's oh, there wonderful. to support me. So yeah that's been a joy right but yes like i also mentioned that i had to move out of my comfort zone it is mm-hmm. especially all the more challenging and difficult because the people you are fighting against are your loved ones mm-hmm. mm. them whom you have to go against and it's not that you want to go against them in the first place it's about just convincing them and showing them that why it is important for me to do this mm-hmm. and i want you to be my cheerleader i want you to be be with me mm. i don't want you to be standing on the other side of the line right were you able to do that do your your friends and family you've been in business for a long time and you've you did a pretty substantial sharp turn <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> to go from manufacturing to as you said a purpose based business consulting yeah do they understand even if they don't quite get what you do <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah i get that a lot <laughs> that, that's the key line what do you do actually so they also oh, yeah. don't understand after the time but yeah initially it was tough it was mm-hmm. very tough because they were not able to wrap their head around the fact that it is important for me mm-hmm. i mean for women it is a first stereotype that is said that the only thing that makes you happy is your family your child your role as a mother and a daughter mm-hmm. and why aren't you satisfied with this role why aren't you satisfied with doing these things in your daily life why do you want more why are you going out 9 o'clock in the morning coming 9 o'clock at the night and not being available for your child just because you want to pursue your dream 
and all the time subjected to that guilt, that mommy guilt, that you are not there for your child. Mm, I think that is pretty universal. Yeah. So initially, yes, it was pretty hard, but it took a lot of patience and I had to give a lot of understanding and love to my family and just to be there and let them know that, hey, it is important for me. And I'm not taking away anything from you. I'm not making myself less available to you. Mm. I am as available to you whenever you need. You are still my first priority. And that they had to hear, they had to feel. And yes, because that fact remains, family is the priority. But then it is always a balancing act that we have to put up. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, when people have different ideas of what priorities are and what that means, it's like kind of walking, straddling a fence, not as strong of pressure. I did not receive as strong of pressure, but I did get a lot of questions around why would you leave the corporate world where you're climbing the ladder and you're doing well and you have security Yes, security. <laughs> to, <laughs> to take this huge risk. I mean, you've got kids and, you know, and you're a single parent. I was a single mom for like eight years and, oh my God, why would you take, you know, and I had to just explain that I had to do it. I had to do it. I couldn't stop the magnetic pull. <laughs> I just had to do it and had to go and do what makes my heart happy. And ultimately that means my children benefit that means I'm married now. That means my husband, my partner benefits. If I'm happy, you know, they say happy spouse, happy house, right? So if I'm happy, if your partner's happy, it just changes everything. Even if you're working long hours and you're not physically available as much. I don't know if you find that even when you're exhausted, you're more present because you're happy, you're fulfilled. Exactly. In fact, initially in the initial years of my uh, business, I was constantly trying to come back during the lunch hour so that I'm around my kid when he's back home and then used to go again to my manufacturing unit. And it was quite a a bit of running around that I was doing just to not have that mommy guilt that I'm not available for him. But then over a period of time, I realized that it is not doing any good to any one of us. Because when I'm here, I'm thinking of the work. And when I'm at work, I'm thinking of him. So we had to devise ways to focus on quality time rather than quantity time. Mm -hmm. So we made sure that after dinner time, we are just switching off every gadget, every other thing and just talking out. And that at that point, my kiddo kiddo was very small. Now Mm -hmm. he's 17 and Mm -hmm. he's away from me now right I I would prefer my device (laughs) (laughs) more away wherever you want to go I have a 17 and 14 year old I get that (laughs) (laughs) so now things are different but yeah but that time it was very very tough so to make to come out of that mommy guilt also took time we had Mm. to consciously work on it I had to consciously work on it as a family come together to make a point that we are spending quality time with each other. Mm. Well, I love what you're saying is you're very intentional. And this is something that comes up a lot with my guests, actually. And so I want to focus on this a little bit of how when we set our intention and we stay laser focused on what our intention is, we're able then to build our business around the life we want rather than the other way around. So even if we're working long hours, there may be times when we need a break, you know, and need a vacation and rest and all of that, but we don't want to live for the weekend to get away from our jobs. That's very, very draining. So being intentional, it's like you can laser focus your energy. So when you're with your family, you're very focused on your family. When you're at work, you're really focused on work and sure they cross over occasionally. Let's, we're not going to pretend like they don't, Yes, but I do believe it's the intention that helps us create balance as a joke, right? I mean, I'm using my hands as if anybody else could see, but balance is not weighted exactly in the middle. Balance is really more like 80, 20, right? So I call that harmony. So we create harmony in our lives and in our business. And it sounds like you've achieved that and that you're supporting other women to do that as well. To a large extent, because, and I would say it is not possible without having the support both at work and at home Mm -hmm. because 
I'm not a superwoman. We have to come out of that notion of that we can do it all. I am not a superwoman. I cannot do all things by myself. I'm having support at home. I am having support at work also because I have my team to do stuff for me. And that's how I am able to deliver work to my clients. That's why I am able to be present to people who want I want to help and show up on platforms and podcasts like these where I'm able to share my voice and thoughts because that's important for me. Mm-hmm. And I have to figure out ways as to how I can facilitate this by building around a system which helps me do that. Oh, amen. <laughs> yes. This is huge. And I thought it was kind of just a Western culture thing. So I'm relieved to hear that you're aware of how dangerous it can be to kind of carry the weight of the world on our backs and sort of wear that cape that's made of lead, very, very heavy. And yeah, we need a team. We need support. We need, if we're not partnered, it's our close friends and family, the people in our circle. Oh, I mean, just to reiterate that the importance of having a great team, the importance of having your family and friends supporting you, even if they still don't understand what you do. Like, I think most of the people in my circle sort of, sort of get what I do, but they understand why I do it. And that's where they're able to support. Yes. Yeah, and that, you... that's a very important piece that you have highlighted that not all people who are around you will understand what you are doing. But since in my communication, I always mention the why I'm doing it. They always remember that why. Yep. They always remember that, yes, you are doing something good with women entrepreneurs. You are doing something good for them. So keep doing it. I don't know what you are doing specifically. Right. <laughs> I have no idea what you do, but... Keep doing it. (laughs) So so since that, so I always passionately talk about my purpose and why I'm doing it. That's why people who were initially opposing, now they are unconditionally supporting me because they know that it's got a purpose to it. So that's a beautiful transition that I've seen over these years. So, So yeah, it's been 12 years for me as an entrepreneur. And now... Now the unconditional support that I have from my family and my friends and everyone around me and people who were, the beautiful thing is, just to give an example, there are a few people when I started my first business, they called me up and over the phone, they said, why are you doing this? You have a small child at home, take care of him. That's important. (laughs) And today that very person is having her daughter-in-law going out and doing a job. His daughter is working from home and sending her child, her daughter to crash just so that she is able to do her job and he's okay with it. Of course. And that transition was able to happen in my home because there was a role model for them to Mm -hmm. see that, yes, that's possible. Both worlds are possible for women. Yes. And when we employ other people through childcare, through being on our team, through helping with domestic chores, all of those things, right? We're supporting other people in their economic viability as well. So sometimes the guilt jumps in. I just interviewed somebody recently who said that she had so much guilt around hiring a housekeeping service. Time is money. So how much do you cost your business if you're working from home and you spend four hours cleaning every day or however long it takes to get through quarantine mess? (laughs) Like this is important. Our sense of well-being, our sense of recovering our time and our energy. Like if we're not working, we want to be spending our time with our family again, being very intentional about that. And so we can look at the good that comes out of sending our children to a childcare center or to a full day preschool program or whatever. I love it. I love hearing that you have people in your circle who are inspired by what they see. It is a mindset shift, you know, that it's almost like a paradigm shift, right? Because we're going from, well, you're taking away this all zero sum thinking to actually, I'm sure that your son has so much respect for you and admires you. And, you know, should he go forward in his life and be married or partnered with a woman, he's going to have so much respect and admiration for the women in his life. And he'll likely want to be with someone who's strong and ambitious and a lot like you. So I think that's, again, that ripple that we were talking about before we started recording, like you're doing it, you're creating a massive ripple 
through mm-hmm. internally in your family and friends circle, but also through your business. Yes, yes, that's so important because I think change always happens over generations. It doesn't mm-hmm. happen in a day. It doesn't happen probably in my lifetime, but it does takes generations. And I'm seeing that change over the generation of my father to my son. Mm-hmm. So the, the thought process, the mindset that my father used to have, it's not there in my child, in my son, because he's seen a different version of the role of a woman in a house. I love it. I absolutely love it. I agree. It's just as important, maybe even more important for the boys and men in our lives to see women thriving and to be ambitious, whatever that means. It may be ambitious through being a stay-at-home parent and that's your goal in life. It could also be through balancing and juggling (laughs) career and family. I have a tremendous amount of respect for people who do any of those combination of things because it's none of it's easy. It's not at all. So switching gears a little bit to your business. So you're consulting, what kinds of services are you offering to, is it women in India only? Or are you now around the world? Did things change with COVID? Are you in quarantine? Like what's going on in your, on your side of the world? <laughs> so in terms of the pandemic, yes, we are again in lockdown. So India currently is in second wave of uh, the corona Mm. fiasco. We are recording this in April. So yes, the things are in a bad condition. So we are all working from home. Mm. So, but the pandemic turned out somewhat good for my business in the sense that my business actually went global this year because uh, earlier I was working more with the startups and organizations in my region, in my area. And it was more through networking and uh, in real life events, meeting people, connecting with them, and uh, mostly working with organizations which are in Delhi and Sia, very in the local area. But in the last year, it has totally transitioned into virtual summits, global spaces, global clients, one-to-one working with women into sales coaching and consulting. And now the business has totally transformed into equipping women with the systems and uh, strategies that can help them systemize their backend sales because not everyone is having that online business sold to the online business dream where you are having automated funnels and money Mm. is coming in when you are sleeping and all those kind of stuff there are still people who believe in the work of one-to-one connection, coaches and consultants who work one-on-one. So my clients predominantly are coaches who are having high ticket offers or group coaching programs, and they are onboarding clients through discovery calls or consult calls. Mm -hmm. So I help them channelize that entire process Mm -hmm. and system so that they are able to increase their conversion. Got it. So that's predominantly my workaround. And the, and I do it with efficiency for me is the key. And that's why I do it through a very tangible and outcome-based four-hour VIP day intensive. So that's a done-for-you service, which I do for them, systemize the entire backend process on whatever project management tool they are using, whether Asana, Trello, Salesforce, ClickUp, Airtable, whatever it is. The system is integrated and embedded on their platform. So that's what I do. That's wonderful. Do you find that women get hung up on the word sales? Oh, so much. (laughs) Especially coaches and consultants, maybe. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So So that's why I'm so glad you brought this up. Because that's why my conversation and my entire work and whatever I put across in my podcast also is over and over again talking about the mindset because that's the foundational piece of every work that we do. And I want to shift this mindset of uh, sales being aggressive and manipulative to something which is just a vehicle through which you are taking your solution to fulfill or solve the person's problem. It's just a vehicle. I love it. I love that. And I didn't mean to skip over all the processes that you do for people. I just got really excited about women getting better at sales through not treating it 
like used car sales or kind of slimy, gross behavior. I struggled with that when I first started my business. And I've talked with a lot of women, especially who are the face of their business. So if their product is kind of them, that's really challenging. And one of the biggest adjustments for me and for people in my circle is we stopped thinking about it as selling and started looking at it as inviting people to see what's possible. And that that was like almost overnight for me just to kind of go from, I hate sales. I'm not good at sales. I don't like selling to my coach saying, I mean, everything you do is selling, by the way, every time you have a conversation and you engage with somebody, that's a sales process. And I bristled. And then I thought, wait, hold on. I'm doing all of this naturally. And I'm making it so much harder than it needs to be. And so going through that mindset piece and working with my business coach at the time, it's like, it's not about selling. I mean, sure. I'll pitch something occasionally, but it's not about pitching even. It's really about seeing what's possible, at least in the world of coaching and consulting, seeing what's possible and allowing a potential client to get excited about that and make the decision themselves. And I just think that that's pretty brilliant to systematize something like that and the back end stuff, which is probably really draining for most people. Most of us don't start our businesses so we can become amazing back-end administrators. <laughs> exactly. And tech exactly. folks, right? I don't want to be my IT team at all. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and interestingly, the work that I do is not too high-tech because mm-hmm. I still am a person who believes in high-touch, not high-tech. Yeah. And that's why the work that I do within my VIP day or what I encourage people to approach towards selling with is that you should have a very strong sales pipeline. So the shift that we are trying to bring about how it will happen, the mindset uh, piece, how it will happen, it will happen when you are confident and that pressure is removed from your head that you have to convert the sale. So Mm -hmm. sales has been all about conversion and closing the sale and do this, do that, techniques and tactics. But my message to women especially is just forget about all that. I encourage my clients to do no pressure sales conversation. And why they are able to do that, how they are able to do that? Because when we work on the sales system, they build a very strong sales pipeline. They have that sales pipeline. They know that this particular person, if he or she does not sign up today, they will at some later point of time. If I'm not able to sign up this person, I have that next opportunity in my pipeline to which I will move and I will have that conversation with them. So that system, that pipeline, that opportunity management system that we've created for them is empowering them. It's giving them the momentum that yes, go ahead, you have next thing to work upon. So This conversation you can have without any pressure. Be yourself, Mm. step into your authentic version of a person. Just be present here to talk to this person, help this person, serve this person. Don't have this pressure of whether they will sign up or convert or not. And then when you are able to have that authentic conversation, especially for coaches, if they are just doing that uh, heart-to-heart conversation, it is brilliant because coaches have such purposeful work to do in this world. They have such huge transformations to bring about in the lives of people mm-hmm. that if they are just leading with that in their conversations, it doesn't feel like selling. So true. And it doesn't have to feel like selling. I think, And I think this is more feminine, more yeah. in touch with how this is a binary and may not apply to everybody, but generally by and large, how we're wired up a lot of how we're socialized, but so much more in line with our nature and who we are. I am by nature, a very nurturing person and like warm, deep connections. And so if somebody connects with me and is interested in my work, but doesn't like the way I do it, I don't lose sleep over it. Sometimes I'm even suggesting who might be a better fit for them. Likewise, we want to work with great clients. We want them to get success. I would imagine letting go of any attachment to an outcome completely shifts how they're doing business and how they move forward. Yes, that's so important because the moment setting an intention is right. So whenever you are going 
to have that conversation, you go into that having an intention and that intention is to serve that person, help mm-hmm. that person. But do not have that expectation of the outcome that, oh, I will close this deal. No, you are here to open a relationship. Yeah. And that relationship, if it is not a client relationship as of now, it is of a human to human connection. And you still and get to make a difference. convert into client. Yeah. And that yeah. you can still make a difference. Yeah. I remember my coach telling me, if you're not attached to timeframes and closing, and obviously you need to work on your closing and invite people. If you don't invite people and tell them what's next, they won't know what's next, but just let go and just be yourself and have fun and enjoy, just be very in the moment with each person. And I had someone come through, she wasn't really ready to do the work, but also financially she was in kind of a transition. And so she couldn't afford my rates. And I just offered for her that I'm here. Why don't we touch base here and there? And when you're ready, I'm ready. 18 months went by and she came back. She said a couple things changed. Just, you know, she got a new job. I've been saving (laughs) and I'm ready. And she said, I'm a little embarrassed that it took me this long. I said, please stop right there. There's zero judgment here. You're ready. That's all I needed to hear. You're ready. And she was by far one of my favorite clients to work with. She was so ready. And I just, that was such a lesson that took me back to that time when my coach said, just let go. It's okay if it takes people a while. So I love that. And and you're also teaching your clients to set the intention that people will work with them still. So they may not be ready right now. Maybe they're not saying yes. I'm always looking for like a whole hell yes. (laughs) Because if it's a maybe, then they're not, something's not quite aligned yet. So I love that the intention's still there that they'll work with you, but they're detaching from any time frame that is dependent upon who knows what, whatever's going on in the client's life. I love that. Exactly. And how and much and freedom. Have, uh, and we have those strategies to support that entire time frame mm-hmm. to work around that time frame. That's what we do in the system also. Mm. But then after all, at the end of the day, it is about helping you be the best version of yourself in that conversation, giving you that confidence that yes, you have a sales pipeline which has your back. It is giving you momentum. Mm -hmm. Then giving you those skills as to how you can invite for the sale because many a times, this is a problem that I've seen with a lot of many coaches that they just get so absorbed into what they want to deliver or what they can do in terms of coaching that they convert that call into a coaching call and then they just don't know where things go and they Mm -hmm. just forget to invite that person also to work with them. Right. So so just making them very intentional about, again, these aspects of how to structure your conversation. And then, of course, about working around this time frame. Mm -hmm. So having those customized and very personalized follow-up bundle where you're just touching base with that person off and on to just make sure that you are maintaining that top of the mind recall with them. That's wonderful. And it also takes it kind of off their hands so they don't have to remember. It's already happening, right? It's an automated system and you you plug them in as they come through. And I think that that's a huge piece to highlight here for our listeners also is automate, 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 automate. (laughs) As much as possible. So, uh, it's um, eliminate, automate, and delegate. I love it. E-A-D. <laughs> I love that. That's so fit. When I teach time management, I teach a, a quadrant system and it's like A, B, C, D for each quadrant. And the D is really three Ds and it's do it, delegate it, or delete it. <laughs> yeah, yes, so exactly. I like the A-E-D. Automate, eliminate, or delegate. Mm. I mean, that's there's, we need these kinds of reminders and acronyms to pop around in our heads sometimes because... I think it's pretty common for entrepreneurs, especially solo entrepreneurs, to forget the importance of letting go of control and letting other people for whom whatever administrative task is their zone of genius come in and take it over. So delegation is important, but also empowering team members to come and do their thing where they're fantastic. I have an executive assistant and we had a meeting this morning and I it's like, I am so glad that spreadsheets light you up. <laughs> she thought that was hilarious. I was like, no, I'm serious. 
<laughs> because I appreciated them. <laughs> I hate doing them. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's, it's very hard for spreadsheets to like someone else. And yeah, if, if your ears is managing to do that, so brilliant. much satisfaction <laughs> from everything being in its place. <laughs> like I like that in my silverware drawer, but I don't really think about it on my computer. Like I don't want to touch that. So <laughs> you know, it's kind of cheeky. She's also amazingly talented at many other things besides spreadsheets. But yeah, you know, it just it just cracks I'm me sure. up. But there are people who absolutely thrive doing things that drain our energy. And we need to remember that as business people that I think it's scary. I don't know if you felt this way because you'd already built a manufacturing process and team, but when you start to outsource or bring on team members, it can be a little scary. I mean, I've, you know, how am I, what if I don't have enough work? What if I don't, all those questions, the what ifs and what if we can't make payroll, you know, those questions are real, <laughs> you know? Yes. So when your yeah, clients come through, do you true. talk about that too? So my work is not too much about team management or onboarding team, mm-hmm. but, but yes, uh, I do show them how they can include their team members, existing mm-hmm. team members. They do mm-hmm. not have to hire anyone new. But uh, if they have a VA or OVM or if they have a social media manager who's helping them. So how they can just involve their team in this back and sales system as well Mm -hmm. so that it isn't something which they are too overwhelmed to use because I don't want to add one thing more to their big to-do list. It has to be something which is very doable. And if they have that support in their business, like a VN or, or an OBM, who can help them with it. So it is very easy for them to do that as well. As far as the, the entire fear and the shame around delegating is concerned. So yeah, it's in the past, I have been guilty or myself of micromanaging. So I never had this guilt or uh, this fear of not hiring people because my first business was a manufacturing business. So I had to hire people. So I was, I simply cannot do that work. I had to bring on tailors and uh, my embroiderers and people who would make the products and then people who would look after the production line and then manage the back end of the website and take in the orders and the logistics and the shipping. So there was an entire team who will do that. So bringing on people was not a challenge for me then. And it, it isn't now also. But the problem is that I earlier used to micromanage a lot. So even this one fourth <laughs> inch of a seam, it has to be made this way. It has to be straight. And <laughs> so to the point, I used to uh, like uh, notice that uh, the stitches also. So that was the level of micromanagement I used to do. But then thankfully in 2014, I worked with a coach who showed me that you have to be functional, not perfect perfectionism is something which stagnates you yes it's stalling your growth so that so when I got this thing that I have to be functional not perfect so then I got okay with people not doing it my way or doing it the right way every single time so I was able to give them that space of learning as well Mm. When you switched gears and went into consulting and built a team that way, do you feel like that really helped you let go and trust and I would imagine regain a lot of time and energy too, but do you feel like that helped you understanding the manufacturing, like more hands-on work and coming over to a different more brain work? It was very difficult because earlier it was a physical, tangible product. Mm -hmm. I could show it is blue color and it is embroidered with pink. (laughs) Now I can show them anything. (laughs) So so yeah, I was earlier selling tangible products and now how to sell services. This Mm -hmm. was totally new for me. I didn't know anything what to do. But, But thankfully, the first few projects came through my friends and uh, my network and uh, connections. But uh, after that, I was like, now what to do? How to sell services? (laughs) So so that's why I got into understanding the entire space of building of a personal brand Mm -hmm. and uh, networking. And then I got into specifically 
packaging my services also because then earlier it was like being everything to everyone so in sales itself although i was focusing on sales consulting but that too again has a very broad spectrum of things that are done under sales consulting as well and i was always reinventing myself and i was always curating and customizing things for every other client which mm. was taking quite a toll on me also i bet so then i had to very again intentionally package my service bring them down into very specific things that yes this is the area that i am helping my clients with it is easier for me also to communicate my messaging and the results that they can get so it it all becomes streamlined for me as well so mm-hmm. so yeah initially i had to work on my personal branding and then networking and then packaging of my service and that's when things took a better shape and in my service based business also so yeah transitioning from a product based business to a service based business was took its own learning curve i'm sure you said something that i think everybody needs to hear which is basically about niching way down into your specialty it's yeah. terrifying to let go of all the other things that we could be doing but it's magical what happens when we do. And I don't know if you experience this. A lot of my clients get really afraid of this, but it's amazing because they'll just shift just enough into this area of specialization. They may still serve people in other ways, but the area of specialization is very, very, very clear. And it seems like you're pulling from a smaller pool of potential clients and customers. But what happens, it's like, all of a sudden those potential clients and customers hear what you're saying and the message sounds like it's just for them. When I did that, I was working with a coach who suggested that I do that. And I thought that was just a horrible idea, but I was like, well, she's never steered me wrong. So I'll try. (laughs) (laughs) I had a potential client who ended up becoming a client come through my pipeline. And he said, I got to your entrepreneur coaching page and I read those questions, our poll questions. And I was like, "Uh uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Wait a minute, is she in my head? How does she know that this is what I deal with every day from three (laughs) o'clock in the morning when I wake up in a cold sweat? And I was like, it works. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so important to trust that process because it, I truly, it's just magical it's as if suddenly the universe goes and handpicks all these people and plops them right into your funnel. Absolutely. It's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely. So pay attention to that. You, initially, it's very difficult. So, mm-hmm. so when you think of niching down, you will always be struck by that shiny object syndrome that, oh, they are doing better. I can do this. I can yep. very well not do this. Why am, yeah. I, am I not doing this? But the thing is that, again, you will end up being everything to everyone which is not possible for a person to do so that's why it sounds very easy now because now that niching down has happened but when I in the first year I was doing it it was like crazy I I was like I can do that I can do that work also (laughs) No, no 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 but it's a process again but yes niching down does help because it gives so much of clarity and optimization of your resources as well. Mm-hmm. Optimization of your time, your availability, energy. the way you show up for your clients. Yes. Energy, yes. Yeah. Yes. Huge, because huge, huge, hugely important. Very important. If we're exhausted, so, even if we can kind of pep up or caffeinate or whatever, hmm, it reads funny. It carries a smell and a feel being overwhelmed and exhausted. It just does. People pick up on it and they might not be able to put their finger on it, but it changes things. And so spend a lot of time working with my clients on preserving time and energy, especially energy. We may not be able to manufacture more time, but we can preserve and shift energy so that we are thriving and flying at a higher level when it's time to hustle. You know, I talk about hustle and glide a lot. So yeah, I love that. Oh my gosh. I feel like we could talk for hours. We definitely need to talk again. <laughs> I'm gonna, so now that you're global, I would love to, if you'll have me come back in you know, six months or so and see how things have changed because I have this feeling that 
if it didn't already explode, your business is probably multiplying and exploding as we speak or coming up. And, oh, and I just, I love when we talked about that ripple effect, I feel like what you're doing, you're such a gift, what you're offering to women entrepreneurs and the women and young girls in their circles is so empowering and so really transformational. So I just, I really want to reflect that back to you and thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank thank you so much for uh, mentioning that and mentioning it with so much warmth and love. Mm -hmm. So yes, and thank you for giving this platform, creating this platform where we are able to share this journey because somewhere someone out there needs to hear this. Absolutely. Needs to hear this today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you again. So before we go, I would love to ask you, uh, where can we send people to find you? The best place is on this very podcast listening app that they are listening this podcast. So they can, of course, jump on to Ace the Sales, where they can get continued learning resource on sales and how to embrace selling. So that's one. Secondly, I am uh, always available on Instagram at Roshni underscore Baronia. So that's where I'm most socially active. So yeah, you can connect me there and everything else, all my information is on RoshniBaronia.com. Wonderful. We'll provide those in the show notes as well. So there'll be easily clickable links. Do you, I think we've pulled so many nuggets, but any parting advice for our listeners, any tidbits about success in life, business? Yes. So thank you for asking this wonderful question towards the end. I would like to pin it back to where it started from about the place where I was holding on to my dream for 15 long years. So I just want to say to people that no matter how long it takes, do not ever give up on your dreams. It is very hard to get started, but the day you do it, there's no stopping. Mm. So just keep hanging on to your dream. Never let it go. Never give up on your dream. I love that. It's never too late and we're never too old. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Oh, well, Roshni, thank you so much. It has been so wonderful. And I feel really honored to be in your presence and just thrilled that we've made this connection. So thank you again for being here. Same here. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset. If you liked what you heard, be sure to click the subscribe button so you'll never miss a show. Please leave us a review and tell your friends about us so more people can hear the valuable information we share in each episode. We look forward to hearing from you and celebrating your success.